Hey, I just want to say thanks so much for sharing your dreams with us. Thank you for those of you who shared your dreams in here. Thank you to all of you who are joining in online on the live chat and sharing your dreams. We've got some great dreams being shared on the live chat as well. People sharing that they'd love to find dreams of finding the right job. Uh, Somebody's dreaming of being a great grandmother uh, on the live chat. So that's pretty cool, isn't there? We've got other people dreaming of a better, uh, more peaceful world. Um, So uh, they're they're great. So thank you so much for sharing online with us your dreams as well. As I said earlier, my great dream was to play cricket for England. That's really what I wanted to do. When I was at school, cricket was a big deal, and I played a lot more cricket than I did anything else at school, including studying for exams or any of that kind of stuff. And I'm, it's only now, I'm 50, how old am I? 52 years old now. It's only now that I'm realizing that dream is not going to come to fruition. It's taken quite a long time for me to recognize that. Although we were saying on the chat this morning, uh, if you've been watching the Commonwealth Games, we've been able to go and see some of the Commonwealth Games taking place over the last week or two. Did you see that a 72-year-old woman won, I think it was a gold medal in the Commonwealth Games, didn't she? In the lawn bowls. So I'm thinking of taking up lawn bowls. So maybe a dream can come true in a slightly different kind of fashion. I got 20 years uh, to make it happen. Uh, As I said earlier, we're talking all the way through this this, this summer about this uh, story of this great dreamer, Joseph, who uh, all sorts of things happened to, who life was full of, of ups and downs. He himself, you know, made umpteen mistakes, Joseph, particularly in the early years of his life when how he dealt with his family, and Rob was telling us all about that last week. Um, but most of us have heard, I suspect, of Joseph, because we're very aware of the musical of the same name that's been such a big deal for such a long time, particularly uh, here in this country. We're aware, I guess, a little bit of the story of Joseph, but the story is packed full of all kinds of drama and action, but it's also packed, tr- uh, packed full of, of faith, of loyalty, of trust, of perseverance, It's also packed full of some silly things, some things that people shouldn't have done, betrayal, arrogance. It's packed full of all of this kind of stuff. And and I think because it's packed full of so much of this sort of stuff, it has so much to teach us. It has so much to teach us about families, about overcoming temptation, about difficult things in life, about trying to find the need for revenge and maybe that not being the best thing for us. And today, we're going to be talking about what the story has to teach us about what happens when our dreams don't come true. And those things that we've dreamt of, be it the kind of I don't know whether it's silly, but those sort of more unrealistic things like playing cricket for England or those other dreams that we've had, dreams for how our lives are going to work out, dreams for how our families are going to work out, dreams for how our careers are going to work out, whatever it might be, when our dreams don't come true in the way that we want them to. I wonder what kind of dreams you've had. We've heard some of them this morning. I wonder what dreams you have right now for what could be in the next season of your life. And what, when you look back on your life, what dreams you've had that haven't come true and what dreams you've had that have come true? And how have you dealt with those things when both of those things have happened? You know, my dream of playing cricket for England may not have come true, but there are other dreams I've had in my life that have come true. You know, when I was in my early 20s, I heard someone talking about this thing called church and how it could be the hope for the world. 
And I was so inspired by that. It so uh, built in me something that I couldn't really describe, but it was so inspiring and such a great vision. It birthed a dream in me that one day maybe I would get a chance to be a part of a church that was seeking to be that kind of church. And maybe even one day get to lead a church that was trying to be that kind of church. Genuinely a hope for the world. Genuinely with a, a passion for reaching out to people who didn't know God, who don't know God. And I think at least in part, that dream is coming true. And it has come true over 23 years now. I've had the opportunity to be involved in church leadership. Sometimes our dreams come true. Sometimes they come true in part. Sometimes they don't come true at all. What do we do when our dreams seem far off or unrealistic? What do we do when they've been shattered, actually? What do we do when we realize that our dreams weren't actually God's dreams for us? You know, Joseph had these dreams, dreams that caused family rifts, dreams that would one day, he believed, he, he was hearing this dream that would mean that one day he was going to be the head of his family and all his family would bow down to him. The problem was that there was already family tension for Joseph because he was his dad's favorite. And if you start playing favorites in families, it causes all kinds of tension. And because of that, and because of this great gift of this coat his dad had given him because he was the favorite, because the other brothers, the other 11 brothers hadn't been given anything so grand, when these dreams came in on top of all of that, the whole thing just caused this huge family breakdown. I want to read to you what happens once this family breakdown begins to boil over into something more than just feelings and jealousy, but actually into something far worse than that. And uh, we're going to look at uh, the very first book of the Old Testament part of the Bible, Genesis, which has the story of Joseph within it. And we're going to look and start at verse, uh, chapter, 17, verse, uh, sorry, chapter 37, verse 17. And we're going to read quite a chunk of the story today. So this is what happens. This whole tension thing's been going on. Everybody's jealous. It's not really going very well. And uh, Joseph gets sent out to see his brothers who were taking care of the sheep. So here it says this. Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So their jealousy had boiled over now, and it led them to this horrible and horrific and brutal course of action. You know, jealousy is a horrible thing. It's a powerful thing. And when it is unrestrained, it causes all sorts of issues. And jealousy is something that all of us struggle with, I suspect. If we're honest, we all struggle with it. Jealousy about what other people have that we don't have, or what other people are doing that we can't do. I guess we all struggle with that a bit. And if we don't check that in our spirit, if we don't acknowledge that that is what is going on, then it will just simply wreck our relationships. But it's also true that sometimes our dreams can be misunderstood or cause jealousy in others, even if they're good and appropriate and valuable dreams. They can cause misunderstanding or cynicism or a response in other people that isn't fair or just. Look at here. Then we'll see what becomes of him and his dreams. I wonder if any of us have ever said anything like that before. Oh, uh, we'll see what happens to them. We'll see what happens to them and their dreams. They're going to come a cropper one day. 
Well, let's throw Joseph down a cistern well, and then we'll see what comes of his dreams. But I don't think we should be put off by pursuing those dreams because of what others might say. I don't think we should be put off. Okay, let's read on in the story. When Reuben heard this, one of the brothers, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. And then the story goes on. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. And then it carries on. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So Joseph's dreams are now in tatters, just like his coat. Because Joseph's dreams have gone when he's been plunged down a well and then sold to the Ishmaelites. And notice this too, I think this is interesting. Notice how the brothers who are doing this awful and brutal thing because of their jealousy, somehow try to justify their actions. Okay, well, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe instead of actually killing him or just leaving him down this well, we'll sell him because after all, he is our brother. As if now that's okay. Selling him into slavery, well, that's all right because he is our brother and it's not as bad as leaving him to die down a well. At least we didn't actually try to kill him. Well, I wonder if we've done that too sometimes. I wonder how often do we do that, that we do something we know we shouldn't or we don't do something we know we should, but we justify it by saying everybody else is doing it, so it's okay. Well, it's not as bad as what uh, X, Y, Z other person is doing, or it's not as bad as what I could be doing. How many times have we used that to justify? I deserve it. I've had a bad day, I've had a bad week, I'm tired, I deserve it. As if somehow that makes everything okay. Well, it's not okay, but it can be very easy to justify things to ourselves. Let's carry on in the story. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, we found this. They're sort of, is this like crime after crime after crime here, right? They've, they've thrown him down. Oh no, it's okay. We've sold him. Now we're going to lie to dad about what we've really done. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. He recognized it and said, it is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned his son for many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, I think this is interesting. We're going to come back to the meanwhile in a minute. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. So this must have felt to Joseph like everything was over. 
Like all those dreams were gone, there was no way they were ever going to be realized. Life was over, everything shattered. But there is a meanwhile. While all of this other awful stuff is going on, while brothers are lying to dad and pretending that Joseph's been killed and all of that sort of stuff, there is a meanwhile. And that tells us that something else is happening here. There's another thing going on in the background. And as we shall see as we read on in the story over the next few weeks together, somehow God was still in the meanwhile. God was still working in the meanwhile. Those who created the pain of the present do not control the hope of the future. Those who maybe created the pain of your present, if you're in pain right now, do not control the hope of your future. The brothers did not control now what happened to Joseph. If things aren't what you'd hoped, and they weren't what Joseph had hoped for, if things aren't in your life what you would have hoped they would be, if others have caused you pain, if your dreams have been shattered by your circumstances, be assured that the, whatever caused your pain does not control your hope for the future. Whatever caused the pain of the present does not control the hope for your future. Let's just read on one final section to see what was happening to Joseph. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Somehow in the midst of all the pain and the despair and the shattered dreams, in the meanwhile, God was at work. Joseph didn't give in to the despair. Joseph worked hard and continued to partner with God. He was still a slave. He was still having to serve other people, but he refused to bow to his circumstances. His attitude was critical, and his attitude reset the situation, and ultimately, in partnership with God, would reset his life. When your dreams don't come true, when things aren't as you'd hoped there would be, when there's a pain in the present, God is still there. God is still working. Even in the pit or when it feels like you're enslaved, God is still there. God is still working. Your redundancy is painful, but it doesn't control your future. That ruined friendship is painful, but it doesn't mean there is no hope for new relationships. Your exam grades not being what you'd hoped that they would be, what you dreamed they would be, is painful, but it doesn't control what happens for the future. It doesn't mean that doors won't open to you in the future. And there are important lessons for us to hear and take heed of from the story of Joseph. There are important lessons for us to learn from the pit from the experience of Joseph's life in the pit. Joseph didn't realize it. It couldn't have felt like it to him. And his brothers certainly didn't know it. But God had a reason and a purpose for Joseph, even in the pit. Joseph was at the center of God's will for him, 
even in the pit. Sometimes we can be in the center of God's will for us, and life can be awful and difficult and hard, and dreams can feel a long way off. It doesn't mean that we're not in the center of what God wants for us, because God can do something in the midst of all of that. God had a way out of the pit for Joseph. And if you're in a pit today, be encouraged that God has a way out for you too. It may not be in the timing that you would like, but God has a way out for you too. Don't lose sight of the hope that can be found in God. And when you come out of the pit, God will have had a purpose. And God will be able to use the pain that was caused in the pit to do something in you and through you in the future. What happens to you does not define God's value of you. What happens to us does not define God's value for us and the value that God has in us. God has dreams for you. And they may be different, by the way, to your dreams for you. And sometimes they may involve a pit. They may involve a season that feels like a pit, but it doesn't mean God isn't at work. Sometimes your dreams may be realized. They may be God's plan for you. Sometimes they may not be. Sometimes they might even feel like they've been shattered. Keep going. Refuse to bow to your circumstances. Allow your attitude to reset your situation, just like Joseph did. Ask God to show you the next step that you need to take. Adjust your dreams as you become more aware of God's dreams for you and God's will for you. And even when sometimes life feels like you're in the pit, God can do something there. And God can take that and use that in the next stages of your life when he takes you out of the pit and moves you into something else. God can use that to bless other people or help other people or do all kinds of things with it. So I want to encourage you today, if you've got dreams, pursue them, go after them. Don't let other people drag you down or other people's cynicism or what other people might say, take that away from you. But also seek to align your dreams with God's dreams. God's dreams for you. Because God has a dream for you. Take the time. And when your dreams seemingly haven't aligned with God's, or when God has something different for you, or when even your dreams have been shattered, allow your attitude to reset your situation. Partner with God as Joseph did, even in the midst of what must have seemed like the end of the world. Partner with God as Joseph did. Persevere with God as Joseph did. And see what God might do. Because God was still in control for Joseph. God still had plans and purposes for him. And God does for you too. Let's pray. And actually, we want to invite uh, you all to do uh, something today in response to uh, what we've been talking about and, and in our times of prayer today. 
Uh, so I'm going to pray, but also if you're on site with us today, you've got all around you a couple of bits of fabric. You might need to lean over and steal them from a chair next to you or uh, from the tables over here or wherever. There's some on the chairs in front of you. We'd love for you uh, to have two pieces of fabric each. And maybe if you're online with us today, you could find a way to do this same kind of thing. Maybe some fabric or some paper or whatever it might be. And we'd love for you to hold on to those as we pray just now, for those to represent the dreams that maybe you have had, that you recognize have not come to pass, maybe won't ever come to pass, or maybe the dreams that you do have now for what could be the next stage of your life, what God might have for you next. And then as we pray and then as we sing uh, this song, Highlands, that Alex is about to come and sing with us with the band. If you're on site with us and you feel you'd like to do this, we'd love for you to take one of the pieces of fabric, the kind of representative of Joseph's multicolored coat, and sometimes the, the tatters that that coat was in, uh, representing the dream that Joseph had felt that didn't seem to come to pass or felt like a long way off. And we'd love for you to come and lay them at the foot of the cross as we sing this song together. There's no pressure. If you don't want to do that, that's absolutely fine. Uh, but if you'd like to do that as we sing this song, we'd love for you to come and lay those dreams down before God, either the ones that have been shattered and feel like they're in tatters or the ones that you have for the future. And then we'd like for you to keep the other piece of fabric and take that home with you and put it somewhere as a reminder and a, a remembrance of what we have done today and what we've talked about today. So again, if you're online with us, we'd love for you to find a way to do this too, to either literally or metaphorically lay down your dreams before God. So I'm going to pray, and then Alex is going to lead us, and then we'd love to invite you to respond uh, in that way. If you don't want to be on camera, if you're on site with us, if you just make sure you come down this way, okay, the camera won't get you. It might get you if you just come down here. If you don't want to be on camera, we'd understand that. But if you come down the far side of the cross, then you won't uh, be on the live stream. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the story of Joseph. We thank you for what it has to say to us about dreams about dreams that are realized and dreams that aren't realized or don't appear to be realized, dreams that may even have been shattered. Lord God, we lift before you our dreams right now. We take these pieces of fabric and we hold on to them, recognizing that they represent dreams that we may have had in the past that have been shattered or we realize may never come to fruition, or dreams now that we have for the future, dreams of what could be, we hold on to them. Lord God, we lift before you those dreams that have been shattered. And Lord God, we ask that you'd help us to have the courage to continue to pursue you in the midst of those shattered dreams, to continue to look to you, to continue to persevere, to allow our attitude to reset our situation. Lord God, thank you that what is happening to us is not an indication of your value of us. Lord God, we lay all of our dreams, the broken ones and the ones we have for the future, at your feet now. We place them into your hands. We submit them to you. We ask for healing where things have hurt us or caused us pain. And we ask for hope to rise in us for what could be in the future. And as we come and lay them down at the foot of Jesus, the one who heals and restores tattered dreams, the one in whom dreams for the future can become a reality, we lay them down at his feet 
and we submit them to you. Amen.